So um, today I'm going to uh, uh, be sharing from Matthew chapter 17, verses 22 to 23. So let's read today's scripture together. It's a nice, uh, very short passage, but it's very dense and rich. There's a lot there. Matthew chapter 17, verses 22 to 23. As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and he will be raised on the third day. And they, meaning the disciples, were greatly distressed. This is God's word. So I'd like to share a sermon titled, New Year, Same Hope. Um, The new year is upon us, and undoubtedly the dusk of 2020 is filled with unprecedented uncertainty, at least in our lifetime. And apparently, as of uh, with my reading, last night's headlines, COVID-19 has mutated, and that variant has shown up in Ontario as well. Uh, I wonder... You know, this time of year, this year, at least 2020, how many people are actually thinking of New Year's resolutions? Uh, I find, you know, that sort of self-help mentality, positive mentality, uh, New Year's resolutions, uh, at least the conversations I've had, uh, they've gone to the wayside, especially when we're distractedly mired in uncertainties, worries, and anxieties. But here is a great, distinct strength of the Spirit-filled Christ follower, of the Holy Spirit-filled Jesus follower. Uh, It may be a new, uncertain year, but our hope has not changed. And for the Christ follower, every new year, what is constant is our hope, same hope. Uh, If you took driving lessons, I want to give an analogy. Maybe you remember the lesson to aim high when you're steering. And they say that because if you are in a squirrely manner, anxious manner, just focusing on the immediate 10 to 15 feet in front of you, trying to avoid every pothole or whatever obstacle, uh, you end up driving more unsafely. And they teach you that try to look as far ahead as possible so they have the the catchphrase, aim high, and that actually overall, uh, as you aim on the big picture, it helps you to drive more safely and to drive in a more straight line. And there are side effects to that. If you stare off to the side, off center, you will... in a squirrely manner, micro distinct strength. is on course because we aim
ways to make an important note is past, present, and future. So let me put it differently. Followers will So as we work all about Jesus. You want to know more about Jesus today? It's always good to look at the book, to observe, and let that very easily but there's something important they traveled to the area of Galilee clear that Jesus, something switched. Of redemption and atonement through his Jesus is now on his one way. From John's gospel last week, that was new for me and fresh for me.
Jerusalem, this is where he was headed. He was resolved. on earth in Okay. Okay. So Apparently, at home, we're having technical difficulties, so we're going to pause. Apologies. All right. Take three. <laughs> it's okay. Christ is resolved. So even us, in our worship of Him, we keep moving forward. So the second big idea and quality of Christ that I want you to see is His awareness. Okay? And here I hope you'll appreciate even more the, the humanity of Christ. Now what do we mean by awareness? So we continue to read in verse 22, Jesus said to them, the son of man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. You see, Jesus, and Matthew describes this in the Gospels, in his Gospel, that Jesus knew the hearts of men. He was socially aware. Some of us are good at this, usually people with more street smarts, and the people who can do well at work and, uh, you know, just... um, uh, just accelerate and, 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 and get promotions and so forth. It's because they have a keen awareness of even the social dynamics of people's hearts and agendas and so forth. And Jesus, he knew this to the max. Now, of course, certainly that was aided by his the supernatural part of his character, but also that affects his humanity. If it was you and me, imagine the insecurity that would fester. Imagine the conniving and perhaps the vengeful attitude that would fester as we are trying to protect ourselves. Now, Jesus, even amongst his 12, knowing the plan of God, he allows one to come, Judas Iscariot, to be in amongst his closest, and even being aware of his intentions. And so Jesus was fully aware. What I want you to appreciate is that he intentionally steps into the lion's den. He's not naive, and then all of a sudden it just happens that he ends up on the cross, and he's this naive, suffering, innocent lamb in that sense. Yes, he's innocent, but it was intentional. It was deliberate. Now, this is around the fourth time in my reading that Jesus now begins to tell his disciples of God's plan, the explicit plan that he must be delivered into the hands of men and die 
four illusions up to this point. And this leads to our third characteristic of Christ today. How is Christ my certain hope? Christ's full submission to the Father's will. Your Lord, your Savior, and the one who's inviting you to place faith in him today, if you're still seeking. He is fully aware. Let's just go back to the last point and just pause. He is fully aware of everything going on in your life, in this world, as he was aware, as he was, when he was on this earth. We do not have a a naive, uh, ignorant Savior. And so all the more, you can be certain as you place your trust in Christ. But we also see here Christ's full submission to the Father's will. You ever had a teammate that you questioned? You you don't have to question your Savior and His intent in this way. He fully submitted to the Father's will. So much so that He says explicitly, bluntly, straightforward, and to the point, verse 23, and they will kill Him and He will be raised on the third day. Jesus knew in no uncertain terms the details and conditions of the Father's plan for redemption. I want to compare this to a foreshadow in the Old Testament. Abraham and Isaac is a foreshadow. That story is a foreshadow of the Father God's plan to save humanity through His Son, Jesus. Abraham foreshadowed the heart of the Father God, and Isaac foreshadowed Jesus. But when Abraham took up Isaac to Mount Moriah, Isaac was in the dark of Abraham's plan. So much so as an innocent son asking his father innocently, where, we're going up for sacrifice, but where is, where is the sacrifice? He was in the dark. But Jesus walking toward his own Mount Moriah, just a stone's throne, interestingly and incidentally, a stone's throw away from Golgotha, Jesus' actual Mount Moriah, Jesus knew entirely and lucidly the Father's sacrificial plan. Jesus knew that He was the ram that the Lord would provide. Jesus knew that for Him there was no nightmare-ending voice for Him like Isaac that would speak out to Abraham, stop, you don't have to go through with the knife. Jesus knew that this time the Father would not stop in driving the knife all the way through. There would be no voice calling out to the Father God to stop as the Father God called to Abraham. And so Romans 8.32 declares, He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also give graciously to us, His church, all things? Now, Today's sermon, it's, it's trying to get you to also appreciate, maybe more than other sermons, the, the human side of Jesus in embracing the Father's plan, this full submission to the Father's will. And I want to just use a, an analogy. I was really moved by watching a movie this past week called Unbroken, and I recommend it. And, and it's the story of someone who eventually became a Christ follower in a story of surviving World War II as a POW. And when he was a prisoner of war, uh, he was given the opportunity to broadcast a message uh, back home. 
And this is what he says. Now, he's gone through a lot. He's been through a lot of torture at uh, just uh, the whims of this one particularly uh, evil sergeant. And I hope you feel the heart of this son longing for home, Louis Zamperini. And he writes, Hello, mother and father, siblings and friends. This is your Louis talking, and the first time in two years that you will have heard my voice. I am uninjured and in good health. I am now interned at a Tokyo prisoner of war camp and being treated as well as can be expected under wartime conditions. I hope Pete, his brother, is able to still pay you his weekly visits from San Diego. Dad, keep my guns in good condition so we can go hunting when I get home and get some good rabbits for mom's gnocchi sauce. I wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Your loving son, Louis. Do you hear the painful longing for home? Do you hear also the simultaneous hope? Now, Louis Zamperini found himself suffering for freedom in his country by unfortunate accident. Jesus, he willingly and fully submitted to the Father's will. And if I can massage the analogy a bit, Jesus willingly put himself in he put himself willingly into the spiritual prisoner role of a war situation coming to this earth. He willingly took on the harsh conditions of this life. He willingly came knowing his life would face certain torturous and wrathful death for the sake of humanity's moral failing before Almighty God and just God. And as Jesus hung on the cross, he certainly longed he longed to be reunited in the warmth, comfort, and glory of his Father's embrace. But his broadcast from the cross was, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So Jesus, in no uncertain terms, spells this out clearly for his disciples. This again around the fourth time that he's uh, alluded to this. And so now I want you to see Christ's patience with his disciples. This is also why Christ can be and should be, and I hope he is, a certain hope for you because he is so patient with his disciples. And so Matthew records very succinctly, but to the point, and they were greatly distressed. Now, notice Jesus earlier, he says, and he will be raised on the third day. And he says as much several times before. He always includes the resurrection with the death. And yet the disciples, for whatever reason, only hear about the death. Even earlier, the transfiguration, Peter, uh, as, as Jesus speaks of the death, Peter says, this cannot happen to you. Right? Peter doesn't understand. And the disciples completely tune out this glorious and hope-giving truth. 
And yet we don't see Jesus correcting them at this point. Not until Jesus would send his Holy Spirit to fill and indwell his believers would they fully get it. But nevertheless, he doesn't correct them. And he lets them go through their great distress. Greatly here means greatly, just multiplied, amplified. And distress here literally means anxiety. They were greatly anxious. I imagine in those moments, the disciples, their heart rates palpably began to beat faster. Perhaps their palms became sweaty. They were greatly distressed, and yet Christ lets them go through this tunnel. Now, this is telling of our culture because I think our culture overall is very anxious and nervous right now. And bottom line, even when, this is just my opinion, but when you see what is driving our lockdown protocols, meaning we don't want to overwhelm the healthcare system, meaning, if I'm to understand that correctly, we want fewer and fewer people to die. What we value as a culture is to extend life as long as possible. And then if we ask, let's be honest, as a culture, why? Perhaps under there, because we fear death. We fear death. And so perhaps we are not very different from the disciples. And yet, Jesus is willing to take their place. Jesus is willing to take their place as their substitute. These slow disciples who are just full of anxieties, and he doesn't chastise them here. Now I want to try to put this into further perspective. And the goal is for us to appreciate Christ all the more and what he's done for us, to aim high on Christ. Canada, apparently, roughly speaking, they say uh, that because of this pandemic, we will come out of this pandemic with approximately 400 billion, or yes, no, billion, $400 billion of debt. And I just did a quick research. If you took the five richest uh, people in the world, their faces are on the left side of that fulcrum, that balance beam, and, and their net worth, total net worth, comes to around $430 billion. And I asked myself, if I wrote a letter to these five, would you be willing to pay off the debt of Canada? And I write chapters and logs and chronicles of every Canadian story right now, all their life pain, their hopes, their dreams. And I presented, would you be willing to substitute yourself and pay off our nation's debt? Now, this is just talking about financial debt. And I, I, I'm, I'm guessing, I mean, I'd like to give them as much credit as possible, but I'm guessing that they would say no. <laughs> Even with all the stories of our lives. Now, this is not just a cute analogy. Jesus literally took our place, humanity's place, every human being, past, present, future, And he pays a debt that is more egregious than financial debt. 
He pays the entirety of humanity's moral debt before Christ. He was willing. Do you see Christ's great patience and love, the depth of his love for his disciples that just don't get it and are full of anxieties and worries when we should not? If they truly know who Christ is, Christ has died for all of us and every one of us. And now it is just our step to take to place our faith in Christ, to receive that amazing gift. And so as some ways to live this out, Scripture, I love how Scripture calls us to action. Let us, right? All the let us's of of Scripture. So similarly, let us aim high, aim high. This new year, new year, uncertain year, who knows what we'll bring, but same hope, certain hope. Aim high and fix your gaze on your certain Christ. And yes, we have our day-to-day responsibilities and we need to do our part, but overall, may the peace of Christ that he will overall, in the end, ultimately take care of all the details and that you don't need to fear death. Let us aim high and fix our eyes on our certain Christ. Let this be our posture as we walk into the dawn of 2021. Let us, in the same breath, examine our faith and character in these times. Are we full of anxieties? Are we distressed? Do we only see death in front of us like the disciples did in this passage? For those of us, now just please hear me correctly, but during these times, I think the church needs to ask for those of us who stay at home, for whatever reasons, we need to ask ourselves. And many of us have said, well, as a Christ follower, you know, it's the right thing to do to love our neighbor by being part of the solution and not the spread. I get that. I get that. But if that has been your vocalized reason, have you kept in touch with your neighbors? Have you attempted spiritual conversations with them? to ask about their fears and anxieties during this time and with the hopeful prayer, Lord, may my conversations lead to being able to commend Christ to this generation. Let us ask ourselves, am I still on mission? I believe in our spiritual enemy, Satan, not believe in him as my Lord, but believe he exists And he is certainly trying to thwart the church's mission. And so a question to ask is, am I still on mission? Despite whatever posture I take during this pandemic, am I still alert and and wanting to uh, do whatever I can to to, to continue the mission of Christ? And so my hope and prayer for all of us, myself included, Lord, may Christ be my certain hope all the more as we enter 2021. If you're able, um, or you know, you don't have to stand, let's make this a time of response. If you want to sit where you are and just be still or pray, or uh, we're going to have a song of worship uh, be played and, and 
or you can sing, you can stand and sing along. But the point is, let's respond in this time.